Hey, welcome to 49ers Coast to Coast. That's Jason Aponte on the East Coast. I'm Grant Cohn on the West Coast. And we are not single-handedly, but the, the two of us are bringing, bridging the East Coast, West Coast tensions that have just been really ravaging our communities since 1996. Good to see you, Jason. Yeah, I mean, Vibe Magazine was the, the crux of this, right? Like, you know, yeah. with Death Row and Bad Boy. And Grant Cohn and Jason Aponte have been left to mend the fences and yeah. bring everybody back together. So take that, Puff Daddy, and uh, that's right, Suge Knight. Suge Knight in your face. Okay, in your face. Oh, title of the show is how Kyle Shanahan has tunnel vision at quarterback. We're going to talk about that for a long time. It's Jason's topic. He has some interesting takes here that are very persuasive. I want to start with a little bit of news. Jimmy Garoppolo out indefinitely with an additional surgery on his foot. Not at OTAs. Apparently, this was flagged before the Raiders signed him. They signed him anyway. They are uh, jumping into the Jimmy Garoppolo experience with a lot of enthusiasm. This is what they wanted. I don't really care about Jimmy Garoppolo or the Raiders. The reason I'm talking about this is I think it has some implications on the 49ers. Like th Their doctors looked at him, and this is yet another is a pattern here. It's his second surgery to fix one injury. Trey Lance had two surgeries to fix one injury. And then you've had like other guys such as Raheem Mostert who had setbacks and was on the record saying he felt pressured to come back before he was ready. You know, Javon Kinlaw's had setbacks. Jerick McKinnon, there's been a lot of players that came back too soon or whatever. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be one of those until he pretty much shut himself down. Is there a pattern here, Jason? There is for everybody not named Nick Bosa. Yeah. Like, you know what he, you know he does? He gets the hell off the West Coast. He's like, let me go do my own thing. Let me go heal on my own. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the severity of the injuries, right? So for anybody who's asking why wasn't he issued a surgery while he was there, well, that's not their problem since he was going to be a free agent the next year. If Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be on the contract, in my opinion, I think you have to make sure you take care of that and you make sure that he's good going forward. For this, it's more like, well, it doesn't matter. He's not going to play. We don't care about fixing him for his other team. And I just think that the Raiders are a little bit taken back by it. But here's the interesting thing about that, Grant. When you look at the timeline of the quarterbacks, Derek Carr's already left for the Saints. Aaron Rodgers is linked to the Jets. If the, the Raiders decide to balk at Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jared Stidham's not even there anymore. He's not even a Raider anymore. What are the options? So my wife are, asked me that this morning, and I was like, uh, I think they have a rookie named Aiden O'Connell, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that so, was her question. So with the timeline, it's not even like they could say, okay, no, Jimmy, we're going back to car, or no, Jimmy, we feel good about Stidham. It was like, yeah. shit, man, we have to take this guy now and, and deal with this you know, for a yeah. little while longer. Um, so when it comes to the 49ers, I'm not sure what this says about them. Um, these players, Jarek McKinnon had been injured before. Kinlaw, you knew, was coming in with injuries. I mean, even Jimmy Garoppolo was injured before he was here. Um, Let me be more specific. It doesn't look good. I asked you it's, a bad it's question. Unsettling. It's unsettling. I asked you a no, bad question. It's unsettling. Yeah, let me get specific. So it's not that they didn't fix the issue with, with Jimmy and then he needed, like, another procedure. It's that it felt like they were pushing him to play at the end of the season. It was a little uh, bit of a bit of a vibe, like uh, he, they kept saying, "Oh yeah, you know, he, it's just a broken bone. He sh he could be back. There's an outside chance. Keeping our fingers crossed." And then he didn't suit up in the last game, and he was smiling, and it, it kind of felt like they were hoping he would suit up, and he kind of said no at the last minute. There was all of that vibe, and now it looked like he's looks like he's vindicated. Like, wait a second, I wasn't ready to go. You guys were pushing me. I'm, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here. That's the way I saw it. And if that's the case, like. Don't they do that sometimes, like push guys to come back before they're 100% ready for whatever reason? And there's been some consequences to that. That would explain why Kyle was so curt with the Jimmy Garoppolo question in the exit pre press conference. He's done. No, no chance. He's gone. Done. Like, no yeah. chance. So there, there Meanwhile, they, they loved him after he played hurt well, after the Tennessee game, mm -hmm. right? They just couldn't right. get enough of Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they, he was a whole different guy to them. So tough. It's a – there's the best way that I can put it 
without being too abrasive or you know going out on a limb is there's a disconnect there's a disconnect for sure yeah right like the way kyle acted at the end of the season and now all this news and everything as well too it does seem like jimmy knew what he was doing on the other hand let's play devil's advocate when it comes to this if you're jimmy garoppolo why would I press myself to get back out there? I've I've got another team that I'm going to I play totally for. I totally agree with you. that. Yeah, and so you like, you guys, you're not paying me. Like if I get hurt, then it just hurts. You'll move on, all, and I'm screwed. First of all, I was your your hedge bet, mm-hmm. right? Like your hedge bet, mm-hmm. basically, right? For and then I get injured, and after basically putting you in a spot where we can still win games when I come on the field, and then you want me to risk my future with another team by playing. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I say no, and I don't care. No, I don't care because at the end of the day, if he goes out there and he loses to the Philadelphia Eagles, but he goes out on his shield and could never play it football again, him. it doesn't matter. 49er fans aren't going to put his numbers in the rafters. They're not going to care about that. So why should he care about any sort of helping them out in that way? He made He made some money in terms of showing that he was still adequate at the position. Still a starting quarterback, which is what I believe he is. I don't think he had to do anything more, and I wouldn't have done anything more if I was Jimmy Garoppolo either. Yeah, well, I just feel like this kind of underscores, you know, there's a there's, we always wonder why do the Niners have so many injuries? There's a million reasons. One of the factors might be the head coach pushing his guys to come back a little too soon. I mean, Kyle's so desperate to win a Super Bowl. We all understand what's at stake for him. He's been on mm-hmm. the precipice since twenty January 2017, right there. Uh, he's desperate, and I see like there there'll be weeks where he'll let his players take games off if they're hurt, like the Atlanta game. No one played in that game. It was like, look, mm-hmm. guys, it's early in the season. Ta- they lost that game. The next week, it was all hands on freaking deck against Kansas City. Week seven, like uh, Christian McCaffrey, you've been on the ga- on the team for two weeks. You're starting. Uh, Traverius Ward, you're 37 percent healthy. You're starting. Like, and th- that's just the culture. You have to go because Kyle has a lot at stake. And I think there are, you know, Raheem Moser didn't appreciate that. He had a lot of stake too with his knee. And 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 again, that's the thing too. Is it's and and this isn't something that's just happening with the 49ers, but we only speak about the 49ers, so that's what really matters. But players always have True. to look out for themselves. Always have yep. to look out for themselves because when you're no good to an organization, the organization isn't gonna say, Oh, here's some free money for what you sacrifice for us. They're gonna say, Bye. You're gone. Yeah. You're gone. So, you're replaceable. So when I when I hear 49er fans get upset at Raheem Mostert for choosing himself over that, or even in this situation yeah. where it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo chose himself, was he supposed to choose you? Right. Yeah, or, when or, you yeah, wouldn't like, choose him. Like, when you're essentially asking him to sacrifice his foot for a game? Like, and, you can and, replace Jimmy Garoppolo. He can't replace his foot. And quite frankly, a game that if Jimmy Garoppolo comes into that game, they still might not win. And he probably gets smacked. Right, and that's the thing. It's not like if it's if it's an, a higher ilk caliber quarterback coming off off of the bench, like let's yeah. say you had Aaron Rodgers in a bubble wrap for sure. this whole time, and you know what? Yeah. Maybe you feel better about winning the game. The only thing Jimmy Garoppolo would have done was at least made the game more interesting and watchable, which is what the three quarterback rule is really about. It's not a 49er sure. rule. It's about the NFL protecting their product. The NFL and America was robbed of a better game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers because Christian McCaffrey had to play quarterback. That's what the three quarterback rule is. It's not for giving you a third. If you have to get to your third quarterback in that game, doesn't matter who it is. It's likely you're going to lose that game. So if there was a third quarterback for the 49ers, it would have been a Jimmy Garoppolo who hasn't played in a long time on a foot that still probably wasn't fully healed. Doesn't mean they were going to win the game. It just probably would have been more watchable. We know now it was not fully healed. Like it, right. he was not fit to play in that game. He should have been on IR. It just there makes was the no game reason. More watchable. That's it. The NFL. The fact, you know, sure, the NFL sure. is protecting their product. No doubt. No, I, I, the fact that they didn't put him on IR, the fact that they kept hope alive, That's the bad. fact that they said That's it's bad. like it's all bad. Now That's that bad. you found out that he needed surgery again, it's like, look, Jimmy. I ridiculed you a lot because you made a lot of money and you were a veteran. You ultimately weren't good enough. But, man, you got my sympathies on this one. So do you, Raheem. And so do you, Trey. Like, man, this is a troubling... You want to be a player-friendly organization? You can't have stuff like this happen, man. Consistently, more than once. If I want to talk about a negative of this, it's you not putting him on IR and holding out hope when you probably could have gotten someone else off. Even if it's, like like Akar said to me on Twitter, even if it was Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason's a quarterback. Who can yeah. throw the football at least? 
doesn't mean you're going to win the game, but it doesn't rob everyone of a better game. And it and you know what? Maybe Jacob Easton throws a, a screen pass to Debo Samuel that he runs through everybody and takes to the house and makes the game more interesting and keeps the 49ers defense off the field. That's the point. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. the thing that I'm more upset about is if you're holding out hope that he's going to play, he's going to play, and you you don't fill his spot, Mm-hmm. then you just that's mismanagement that's mismanagement. you put yourself I will give you exactly that. I will give yeah you that. okay I, i'm not trying to like kick the niners in the groin here or or get kyle shanahan you know a low blow but it's like dude this is any idiot can see this is a troubling pattern and i feel like the niners are just a little too aggressive or cavalier in their attitudes about injuries and it's too bad because these are people's lives or careers is a lot at stake for them. Well, I know Kyle feels a lot at stake for him too, but it's, he's going to be coaching for a very long time. In one regard, I understand that, but I think there's a bigger issue of taking chances on players with checkered injury histories. Sure, whether that's, that's people out of college, it. whether that's yeah. people out of college, or whether that's people in the NFL. Like Jerick McKinnon wasn't mm-hmm. the model of of consistency when it came to that. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was injured before he was here. You didn't know that that was going to continue. Um, so that's I true. do think there. It's a it's a it's a give and take. When you sign guys at discount discounted rates because other people don't want to touch them because of the injury injury history, and then they get injured, you can't really yeah. look at it like it's a shock. And I think that's where we're, where the 49ers are kind of lacking when it comes to those things. Absolutely. Uh we got Dustin saying predates Kyle Laps uh, Cap Cap's shoulder. Cap's no, shoulder. it definitely does predate Kyle. There's a lot of things that go into it, but you can't deny that when a big game, big game comes along, Kyle wants his best players out there. Injuries be damned. And he expects you, you're a tough guy, you're, you're, a, you're a football player, you should play at 80%. That's how he feels. And if you don't, I think he holds it against you, man. I think that's a big reason why they traded for Trey Lance because I thought Jimmy Garoppolo essentially shut himself down in 2020. was like, look, we suck. I'm not coming back for these last two games. Kittle did, though. Jimmy Ward did, though. A lot of people did. And then a few months later... He wasn't the franchise quarterback anymore. That's all I know. I don't I don't bash players either way that want to do that, right? Like if there's a guy who wants no, to go I out don't. there and he loves game and if he wants to love the I game don't. so much that yeah. he wants to go out there and play in meaningless games, more power, more power to you. But if you want to take care of yourself and your body and, and your investment, which is your body, do it. I don't I'm not mad at that either. So uh, it's it's two ways to look at that. No, I feel I agree with you. I just wonder how Kyle feels. All right, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. This man has tunnel vision. At the quarterback position, but he has well, tunnel vision positions. in a different way. Why well, explain Kyle Shanahan's tunnel vision in general? How he locks onto a player. So when Kyle's fixated on a player and what mm-hmm. he can do with that player, yeah, he loses sight of everything else. Yeah, I hate to keep banging the table on this, but Jalen Hurd and Terry McLaurin were both at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, yes, that's I right. am. St- I'm so locked in on Jalen Hurd and what I think he can do, you know, handing the ball off, playing fullback, playing tight end. You missed probably one of the best wide receivers in football that was there. Now, if I, if I remember correctly, McLaurin was on Gruden's team. Mm-hmm. So now still like you didn't coach him, but like he's in you the building. Him. You see him, man. You played again. Come on. You see him. You've watched him. Yeah. You guys, your scouts have your your scouts did not know. It's not like they were unaware of Terry McLaurin. You saw Debo. You saw Jalen Hurd. You totally right. missed Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin on these there two guys because yeah. you're focused on these gadget things that you can do with Jalen Hurd. But there was a wide yeah. receiver. <laughs> yeah, like Brandon Ayuk before Brandon Ayuk, faster Brandon Ayuk was there, essentially. A guy who runs routes is tough. Yeah. Tough at the catch point. Does it all. That's not good enough because I want to hand the ball off to Jalen Hurd from the exposition. I want a I tight want end just... slash fullback slash wide receiver. That's one of them. Slash. You and I talked a little bit before um, about how when someone plays well against Kyle, oh, man, I, I'm i in. Like I'll, I love that guy. He's great because he, he beat up on Made my team. Made an impression on me. Michael Smith. Quan Alexander, Quan right? Alexander. Like guys, Quan yeah. Alexander, right? Like guys that have played against him. All right. I'm going to drop a little nugget here. Everybody's going to say, whatever, Jay, you don't know anything. Cool. Whatever. Fine. Don't believe me. But I'm going to tell you. Spoke to a former player today, not someone on your team. So if you're screaming 49ers don't leak, former 49ers do leak. In 2020, in 2020, the 49ers and the game in 2020 that I'm referring to is obviously the Super Bowl. 
In 2020, the 49ers played three teams that have three players from each of those teams that were signed on day one by the San Francisco 49ers of the legal tampering period, each of them. The 2020 game in the Super Bowl, this person told me that the large discussion wasn't the game plan, but the large discussion was about a player on the Chiefs named Charvarius Ward. Mooney. Mooney. The Jets. The game plan was about Samuel Darnold. Yeah. The greatest the thrower. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. The player's name was Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave. All three of them signed as soon as it was legally tampering possible in the NFL. Yeah. When Kyle Shanahan gets it in. And, and look, let's be clear. Mooney's a baller, and so is Javon. So yeah. I'm not mad at you for having tunnel vision on guys that are very good players. Right. But Sam Darnold? The discussion around Sam Darnold in this game plan was he wouldn't stop talking about him. Yeah. And if you listen to the press conference that was just happening, the last four questions were about Sam Darnold. And this man gave paragraph answers. I know because I had to transcribe it and write it. <laughs> I had to write about what he said about Sam Darnold. It took me forever. So wow. what are we saying? It's the tunnel vision thing. Now, look, two out of three of those guys are very good. So it's good. Like, you've got tunnel vision on those guys. But this Sam Darnold thing has gone way further than them just saying, hey, let's just take a chance on a guy that's yeah. available. No, first day, you went out there and you made sure to get that done. Everything that yeah. this person Like, no one else right. could have Sam Darnold. You had to nope. have him. Nope. Yeah. And when Sam Darnold was asked in the press conference, did you get any other offers? Uh, I'm not really, I'm not ready to talk about that. He completely dodged the question. Right. Everything that this person told me. Tracks. The Niners scooped him up before there was an opportunity. To, was there going to be a bidding war on Sam Darnold? Because there were so many teams interested in Sam Darnold services. Everything this person told me tracks. Everything. Everything. All of it. Because all three of those players that he, he mentioned all three of those players. And all three of those players were signed as soon as it was physically, humanly possible. Did this did this former player happen to mention to you what it is was about Darnold that Kyle was so freaking impressed with? He said he would not stop praising him and attributed it to a man crush. <sighs> Literally. And that's what it felt like. Players can feel that, right? You're praising, you're going out of your way to praise someone that's on the other side. And yeah. you're almost praising him more than you've given praise to people in that same room that are on your side. Right. Like you won't praise Jimmy Garoppolo like that, right? I understand yeah. praising Patrick Mahomes. Sure. I understand praising Josh Allen. I understand sure. praising Joe Burrow. But Sam Darnold is the one that you're just like, you cannot stop talking about. Even the people in that locker room are looking at you like, all right, dude, enough. We get it. You like him. But we'll like, be fine. And the 49ers We're going to smoke him, him and he sucks, but right. okay. Yeah. The players in that room are like, he's not that good. We're going to blow them out. Yeah. But you won't stop talking about yeah. it. Yeah. It's just it, all everything that was said tracked. Because you take yeah. information in and you say, okay, well, what? And then you think about it and you're like, wait a minute. All of these guys were signed immediately. Now let's take it a step further, Grant. Michael Smith, Quan Alexander, Jarek McKinnon, all signed immediately. As yeah. soon as humanly possible. Tunnel vision. What, what, what gets me about Kyle is like he makes up his mind based on God knows what. Maybe one game, a, an impression, a first impression, a face-to-face -face impression, and then that's it. Like he had his mind made up in twenty, like week two of 2020 that Sam Darnold was the truth. A lot has changed since then. That's three years ago. This guy's had – he's been a backup, a third-string quarterback, like – Despite all the new evidence, you, your, your feelings haven't changed at all. And that's the same thing with Quan. Like, you like Quan Alexander? He tore his ACL. And you still paid him like he didn't because you saw him play well one time in front of you. That's a problem. Like, why did they draft Ty Davis Price? He had that one good game against Florida. Why did they draft Trey Sermon? He had that one good game against Northwestern. Like, that's Kyle every single... Why did they draft Joe Williams? He had that one good game against UCLA. Well... I do want to ask you this, and you know you can push back on this because I'm genuinely asking you a question. Um, when the 49ers hit on a running back later on, it's generally believed, oh, Bobby Turner, he's cooking, right? Were those Kyle picks or were they Bobby Turner picks, though? Got me. Right. I don't know. None, none of us yeah, know for sure. No, 
I, I, I guess it was rhetorical, like the question. Like, like I, I just but the reason it, I would assume Kyle picks earlier is I feel like he loses interest after like the third round, and he's like, all right, I don't care anymore. I'm these players, but I, I don't know. I, I really hope that's not true. Like, I don't want to hear I don't know. head coach. I don't want to hear because those third round picks feel like Kyle picks, like Jake Moody, Cam Latu. Oh my god, those feel like Kyle picks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, but I just don't want. I don't want to hear that my coach just tunes out the draft from like the because because if he does. Then who are we giving credit to for all the gems in the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round? The front right? office, the people who are paid to do the freaking job. <laughs> the, the, I just can see Kyle like waltzing in and be like, okay, these are really important picks. I'm going to make these. I'm like, all right, guys, you can do the rest. I'm like, okay, we can, we can do our job now. We can do it. Okay, great. Thanks. We'll do our job. Yeah. I think the overarching point here is Kyle just has it in his mind that, that these are his guys. And mm. again, the three players that I named, Two of them are studs. Mooney Ward's a stud. Javon Hargrave's a stud. You got that absolutely right. The Sam Darnold thing leads me to you were fixated on C.J. Beathard. You're fixated on Kirk Cousins. You're fixated. You're not fixated on Watson or Mahomes. Um, you know which like, offensive guy that he was fixated on? Weston Richburg worked out. Hmm. McCaffrey. Debo. Okay. Debo. Sure, sure. And I'm I talking use, like I'm talking. Guy, I'm talking like free. I'm talking like NFL players. Oh, where he's like, oh, I, I coached agents. against you, and I had to have you. Free agents. Like, um, I guess McCaffrey. You know, they they played against McCaffrey. They saw him face to face. He was on the team two weeks later. Marquise That's Goodwin. one. No, one? I'll, I'll give you Hargrave. I'll give you Ward. But in terms of offense, he's had a lot of these guys who like he knows he can make great players in his offense. Is like mm, no. Ray Ray? Ray Ray McLeod? Not yet. I'm just I'm just I saying actually think, I'm just, I actually think there's more meat on the bone there with Ray Ray. He should get more hell touches. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep, yep. But not yet. And and use check too, man. Like that guy is underutilized on this freaking Kyle? team. All right. You, you, so so that's one. Yeah. But they're, check. Not, but they're but they're still not using him to I believe I, I feel the same way because anybody who's ever watched camp OTAs, anything like that, when he goes one on one against really anybody, good. he smokes them. He's really he's, and, good. and that doesn't matter who you put like Fred, any anybody who you want to put on Kyle, Kyle smokes them and he makes he catches does. tough catch. Throw him the ball. If he's throw gonna him be the ball, field, let him run ball. routes other than leak. You know what I mean? Let yeah. him run actual choice routes and Texas routes, but they don't. I, I'll never understand that. Oh you pay him all the money. Better he can do so much more than don't say Texas route. He gets infuriated. Who? Rich Madrid. It's not. It's oh not my bad. A, Sorry. It's not a playbook man. It's it's a choice route. But uh, but to your point about leak, we gotta have quarterbacks who can hit those right because we still have. Is Texas the, the concept? Texas is uh is just an angle route. Um, choices choice choice Cho- is basically an option. That's route. why I said and. I was trying to include no, them both. You know, well, what what he right. says all the time is Rich doesn't no, watch my shit anyway. That's all. Yeah, good. he doesn't watch tape anyway. Who cares? Uh, he's like, there's no Texas route in Shanahan's offense, man. He always yells at us when we say that. He doesn't. Always tell about that's yeah. probably true. I haven't seen them run that. I like no, that. no, no. Uh, everything because you can tell when they run the choice route, you can watch the the receiver stack his hips like and 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 like try to show one way and and he breaks based on leverage. Like you can tell that. You mm. can tell. Yeah. Mm. Well, but it's still funny. It's still glad funny we got to the bottom of that one. Still funny Sean says Jarek McKinnon too got him paid. There you go. There you go. Sean knows. Goodwin, I guess you have to put there. Shout out to Grant. You're a goat, and you too, a Ponzi jersey love. Let's go, Fier. You had, you had this back on? Boys are back together? The, the, the boys are back, back in back town. <laughs> I realize, like, Philly and Jersey kind of like the two places in America that have that, like, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We uh, Well, Jersey is, it's not like a an abbreviation, but Philly is. Like, don't call us Philadelphia. We're Philly. Like, San Francisco, we're like, don't you dare call us San Fran. Oh, it's San Francisco. God. Get it when right. I, when I um, when I interviewed Jair Brown and I spoke with him, he said San Fran. The amount like, oh, of, don't do the that. Amount of, I, yeah, I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, no. You're going to get everybody to turn on you. I, I don't get Frisco the Frisco is, you can say Frisco, but you can't say San Fran or SF. That's just, no. He said, no. and I was like, oh no. He said two things that, that I knew right away that I was like, 49er fans are going to go nuts over. San Fran, and he said, Niners Nation. It's not a nation, it's an empire, Grant. <sighs> One question I'd love to ask players off the record or, or just to mess with them is like, so how mad were you when you got drafted by a California team? How oh, mad were you when you realized how much taxes you're going to be paying and what rent costs? I didn't think of that. His mom was. A lot like, of these guys have no idea until they get no, they here. Don't. They're like, what, what, what? What? They don't. They don't. They have no idea. His mom was super excited. I can't wait to go to all the games. And I was like, 
Yeah, we see those taxes. I can't wait to go to LA. He's nowhere near LA. <laughs> right? I, it's the same thing with my friends. Well, when when you go to training camp, why do you go to LA? Yeah, sure. Let's just drive six yeah, hours. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. It's a it couldn't bro. be further away. My dad <laughs> was from Brooklyn, and he got into Stanford for graduate school, and he literally thought it was in L.A. No no idea. Didn't know what the Bay Area was. It's way better, though. Okay. So OTAs, a little stock up, stock down. I'm curious, as someone who consumes 100% of the content but wasn't there, like, what was the impression that you got in terms of guys whose stock is up and stock is down? Certain things were were unanimous. Um, Isaiah Oliver, I think everybody was unanimous with, uh, Darrell Luter. Yep. They were pretty, those unanimous. are the two guys who had pass breakups and that always stands out in seven on seven considering there's no pass. Rush. Say that. You have to remember yeah. this at, at OTAs. Yeah. You're not going to get reports about defensive ends, offensive linemen, linebackers. You're going to get wide receivers and corners and, and safety. Yep. That's all you're really going to get. Ends. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's going to be pass catchers and secondary because they're the only ones who can really match up and still do things without contact right because correct the Patriots just got docked again for you're not even supposed to do some reason yeah so so you can't even do press man coverage you can't really do that that's what I'm saying so you're not going to find out any of those things but Darrell Luter Isaiah Isaiah Oliver that sounded pretty unanimous what also sounded unanimous was Drake Jackson has poked up and put on that weight that we all thought he should have that was one of the knocks when he was coming out was he needs to put on a little bit more weight needs to put some more in his bag as far as pass rushing that's a good sign I want to ask you about the conflicting stuff, the stuff yeah. that, okay. So I'm going to get to what everybody wants to hear. Did Jake Moody miss a uh, uh, field goal yes. or what? Okay. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. It's hard to actually see. When, when you're on the on the ground, it's hard to track the football. But the 49ers pay for officials to be a practice. And there's one at the bottom, two at the bottom of the upright. So, I don't know. The person who reported that he made it must have not noticed that the, uh, the officials who were like. So that's why everyone else said he didn't make it because the official said he didn't. I don't know. Maybe someone disagrees with the official, but I'm taking the official's word considering he's right there and my ankle sucks. And that's a good thing because I remember when, when we went to the joint practices against the Chargers, there was a yeah. lot of discussion about Trey Lance throwing an interception. And certain writers had it written down, Trey Lance threw an interception. I pushed back vigorously because I looked at the referee who was signaling incomplete because it hit the ground. He didn't get his arms underneath. It's very important to pay attention to the refs while you're there. Get it right. The officials are paid to be there. They're making calls. Don't editorialize. It's not fan fiction. And also, there's a lot going on. Let's be fair. Like, there's a lot going on, right? Like, it's not like they stopped the practices just so there could be kicks. Like, you make a choice to go watch the kicks because there's other things going on. Um, that's true. So that's the thing with that. All right, but now the other. But thing everyone wants to know how Jake Moody's doing, and there's a big difference between three for forty-eight four and four yarder. Four. Did he get it or did he not? I mean, it, so that's important because Zane hit it. No, Zane didn't. Excuse me, Zane, Zane missed, missed it. So too, is right? Zane yeah. So so is, is is Jake ahead of him or not? No. Well, I want to ask you this: Why is there a competition with a guy that you drafted in the third round? He better be your franchise kicker. Is there a chance? Hey, well, here's lose? the way I look at it, man. If if the if the 49ers will throw up their hands and abandon their third pick in the draft that they spent three years of first round picks on after two years and four starts, then no one's spot is safe. And Jake Moody, dude, if you look at Kyle Shanahan cross one time, if you miss two kicks, it's over, dude. And Zane's right. looking good. They don't care, man. Everyone praises the Niners when they do stuff like this. When they make a big investment, it doesn't work out and they uh, abort immediately. People are like, look at that culture they've created over there. No roster politics at all. It's like, yeah, or <laughs> or they have some horrendous picks and they've gotten bailed out or they don't know what to do with the picks they make sometimes. Grant, if Jake Moody doesn't retire number four as the greatest kicker in 49ers history, I will never let this go because you know how much I hated this pick. But if you're going to draft him there, he better have his numbers in the rafters. Like there better be, you better be unequivocally saying he is one of the best kickers in 49ers history yeah. because you chose to take him that high. Him yeah. losing a kicker competition, which I still don't think is going to happen. Better not happen. Him <laughs> losing a kicker competition and not making this team and them burning a top 100 pick on that. It would be good. 
I'm They've burnt way too many high picks, and they always get bailed out by these low picks. But you got you can't keep doing that again. Moody's not getting cut, bro. But my point is, Zane Gonzalez is there for what? Bring somebody in who can compete at a at a real football spot. Who's a football player? Like another wide receiver, another linebacker. Like why? Yeah, if you, if what? you had to bring in Zane Gonzalez to hedge your bets and have a competition, are you really that confident in your third round pick? Do you really need to do that? You got the number one. You 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 told us that you brought in Jake Moody because he's the best kicker in the draft and he's so good and he's always okay. So why is Zane here? Why is Zane here? Because you're not that confident in this rookie. You need to see it, right? You're hedging so your Jimmy bets, Garoppolo, aren't you? To, to troll Jimmy Garoppolo and wear number ten. That's the only thing I could. Is he wearing about. number ten? He Ronnie is. Bell's wearing number ten. Yeah, two that's, guys uh, wearing the, number ten. So yeah, the rookie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like Gonzalez yeah. is wearing ten. He's wearing ten. Um, but I think it's to like troll Jimmy. How like, disrespectful number, for one of the greatest quarterbacks in franchise history. And you know what? I don't like it either. You know what, Jimmy? If you're watching this, all the best, buddy. I hope you go and tear it up in Las Vegas, man. Go, go kick some ass, yeah. man. I hope you get healthy and stay healthy. Man, poor Jimmy. Well, all right. Not poor Jimmy. But back to this kicker thing. Back to this kicker thing. It's it's the idea that there's even an outside small chance that maybe Jake Moody doesn't make this team just highlights what a terrible pick that was. And don't tell me that, oh, my God, Bill Belichick took a kicker in the fourth round. Yeah, that's stupid, too. Bill Belichick's a great coach. GM, not so much. He really liked and killed Harry. Really the two things people Jordan. say about Moody is like he's got a he's got a really strong leg, so he can kick, you know, um, touchbacks. Well, that doesn't. Oh well, that's gone now. Forget the rule. That. Forget that and then rule. also like he he can he's better from like fifty yards out. Why are you kicking fifty yard field goals? Go for you should you should be going for it on fourth down near midfield. This is the kind of offense that doesn't stall out in their own side of the or at, or at midfield very much. Like they're not kicking lots of fifty five yard field goals. And go for my, it. My theory of picking up kickers at your local Trader Joe's and Walmart's. Brandon McManus was just cut by Denver. He would have been available yeah. right there for you to go grab him. And yeah. you could have signed him as well. The Jaguars signed him and they cut their kicker. Yeah, Kickers come available all the time. All the time. And to, to, yeah. to sit here and say, the last thing we needed to lock in place was our starting kicker. But you didn't even lock it in place because he's competing with Zane Gonzalez and right now it's a dead heat. And the franchise kicker thing is 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 non-existent. Justin Tucker wasn't drafted. Jason Myers wasn't drafted. Um, Adam Vinatieri wasn't drafted. None of those guys were drafted because you yeah. find them. You it's like little yeah. giants when you find the one kid kicking the balls off the cans, and then you're just like, you want to kick for the team, and he becomes the kicker. Like that's literally how in the NFL you find kickers. My fantasy is that one day they get rid of the uprights and replace them with the arena league uprights, and people just stop kicking field goals because they're boring and no one likes them. And they Maybe suck. just make everybody and go I hate two. them. Let's just play football. Anyway, that's enough. Yeah, I agree. The other thing I wanted to ask you was, I'm, I'm, and and this isn't because I interviewed the young man. I'm, I'm a big fan of the the young man and his maturity, his story, um, Jair Brown, and I also think that I'm very excited to see him on the field because much like Hufanga when he was brought up, you know, Tart was still there, and so was was Jimmy Ward, they still were forcing Hufanga on the field. Like, they, like they, regardless of where you're drafted, regardless of what they have, they're going to force the guy on the field. I feel like Tig is in that lane where they're going to do that. Like, I know Tashawn Gibson's here, um, and it's for a year, and I, I don't think that he's going to be blown off the field. But I was interested to hear that you said that he was looking good, but other people were saying that he was just, eh, whatever. Jeez, what does eh, whatever look like? I mean, he didn't get beat. He looks, he, he I, I mean, I, that's someone else's assessment. He looks uh, like he's in shape, like he's, a, you know, like he's ready to go. Um, the way I look at it is like, he's kind of in the Talanoa Hafunga mold. I mean, yes. in terms of athleticism, they're that's very exactly similar. That's what they're trying to get with him. Yep. Right. And I remember Talanoa when he was a rookie, like he didn't pop. He didn't start. He didn't pop. He wasn't a playmaker. He was just learning. And I think that's, that's to be expected. This guy isn't going to be f flying around the field. He doesn't have 4-4 four, four speed. He's supposed to be instinctual, but he can't be instinctual when he's on his first practice learning the defense. Like, there is a learning curve. It, Talanoa Hufunga experienced it. He came out the other side as a playmaker. So I think the expectation is if Brown has the same curve, he'll be as good or better, and that'll be next year. So they'll find ways to use him this year, but he's not going to be that right away. Talanoa started making those plays in his second offseason. 
Hundred percent, and that's exactly what I I think as well too. They want two ball hawks, guys who play fast, can move around in the box as well too. Steve Wilkes loves to run a lot of single high, so whether that means Hufanga is single high, whether that means Brown's going to be single high, doesn't matter because they're almost interchangeable and they're going to be able to do the same things in terms of creating havoc, creating turnovers. I think that's exactly their thought process when it comes to that. I want to talk about Ronnie Bell a little bit because next year. Jawan Jennings is a restricted mm. free agent. Now, restricted means that the 49ers can obviously match any offer that the any team offers him. But doesn't it feel like Ronnie Bell is a perfect replacement or just like he's there just in case? Because think about this, Grant. The NFL is trying to duplicate what the 49ers do on offense. Physical, run-blocking guys, guys who can beat you to the punch, that are, are yeah. you know, dog in the run game, all of those things. And that's what Jawan is. So if other teams are looking to duplicate that, wouldn't they look to duplicate that with people from that system? And mm-hmm. when you look at the pay increases year to year with Jawan Jennings, he went from 111000 to three hundred to six hundred dollars to $900,000 this year, and he's a restricted free agent. Doesn't it feel like someone – if Kendrick Bourne can get paid by the Patriots – doesn't it feel like someone's going to pay Jawan Jennings to no duplicate question. what they're trying to do? So doesn't no Ronnie question. Bell naturally just feel like he's yeah. going to be pushed right into that? Someone's going to pay Jawan, and it's not going to be the 49ers. So they're already thinking about replacing him a year ahead of time. And that's where Ronnie Bell comes in. He's a slot receiver. He looks like a pure slot receiver. He's not big like Jennings, but he's faster than Jennings. He can do more down the field. He has a bigger route tree. Probably isn't the blocker Jennings is, but Jennings isn't even... He's kind of like a tight end slot receiver hybrid. Like yeah. th- this guy could actually play outside a little bit, uh, Ronnie Bell, and he doesn't look that explosive or big, but he just catches hell of like a lot of passes. I don't understand uh, how he does it, but clearly everyone has confidence in him. He has confidence in him. He's just one of those guys where the ball ends up in his hands a lot. So those guys make the team. Okay. Who else? Now I'm gonna let you go because you were there. Who else? Who else were you very much impressed with? I'm watching Ty Davis Price and Danny Gray. They need to show something, and I felt at least Ty Davis Price was running a whole lot harder than he did last year. He looks like he gets it and that he understands he's on the chopping block. And there's no, they don't need to cut him. I mean, they could probably keep the undrafted free agent Kalen Laburn on the practice squad and have them both if they want. But Ty Davis Price has to actually be better than him. So I'm watching him. He looks better. And then Danny Gray, eh, I mean, he had the play where he beat Luter Jr. off the line of scrimmage, and he looked open. The pass was a little underthrown. I mean, that was my impression of it. I'd like to see it again if I could. But you, you he, and he had a step on him. He had a step on him. Yeah. So, that I mean, that's encouraging. Like, Danny Gray did his part, and, and, you know, Sam Darnold, one of the greatest throwers of all time, just couldn't get it to him on that one particular Stop. play. And Stop. sorry. So... So Danny Gray, I'm looking at him too. Uh, with Drake Jackson, yeah, he's big, but again, like, are you an edge rusher or are you Arden Key? Like, are you 275 pounds now? Like, he doesn't really look like an edge rusher to me. And when they brought him in, they were talking about how he, you know, could f- sort of bounce back and forth, and they use him a lot on stunts. I still think they're going to use him like that. So I'm curious: is Austin edge or what is the plan there? I don't know. I don't know. I want to ask you about someone. And remember, Danny Gray was also a third-round pick. I want to ask you about another third-round pick. This is it for Ambry Thomas, right? I think it is. He looks the same. He did the same thing where he's just, like, in the area code watching guys catch passes. Like, dude, when was the last time you made a play? You haven't made a play since 21 playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand what happened, but it's it's not looking good for Ambry. I think Ambry Thomas is a case study on why D'Amico Ryans was so good because he was a, he he found ways to, to mask what he was doing. Um, there was no real growth there. But the fact that we're hearing about Darrell Luter, um, you're you're hearing about obviously Isaiah Oliver's a nickel. But it's it's frustrating. Again, third round picks, third round picks. Danny Gray, you're on the clock. Ty Davis Price, you're on the clock. Ambry Thomas, you're on the clock. All third round picks. Yeah. Those aren't those aren't toss away picks, no. right? How, how is it that you can you can get something from seventh round pick Jawan Jennings for year after year? You can find something in Talano Hufanga and All Pro, but Fred third Warner's round a third pick. round pick. Yeah, that's the only one. CJ Beathard was. But I'm a third saying, like, pick. if you can get a potential Hall of Fame player, a captain, a like a, an All Pro, 
you should be able to you shouldn't strike out. It's a it's way too important of a round. You can get quality players there. What is it about the third round? Like I think Tig is gonna Hurd. be great. I think Tig's gonna be great. Jalen Hurd. I think Tig's gonna be great. But look, Jake Moody, Ladu. I like, again. Yeah, like I, I that's the same thing. Like it's just what tunnel is vision. It about the third Kyle's round? tunnel vision. Because, you know, we know how he operates in free agency and the trade market. So let's take it to the draft. I think it's fair to assume that he falls in love with four or five players or less and says, I don't care. You guys can take whoever the hell you want, but I want Cam Latu. I want Jake Moody. Make it happen. So if you if you give your team that directive, then they're going to have to reach to get these guys to guarantee that they get them for you because you're their boss. So Cam Latu goes in the end of round three when everyone thought he, thought he was going to go in round five because you didn't have a fourth round pick and you told these guys I freaking want him. I'm guessing. So, I mean, that's all of his misses are in round three. I feel like that's a Kyle. How could you be so good in round five and so bad in round three? It doesn't make any freaking sense if the same person's making these picks. Really doesn't because I think Braden Willis, who you said made a great catch and literally saved an interception for he Sam Darnold. Good. I think he he's probably good. better than Latu. And, and yeah. it's... Again, at least as a receiver, it's all moot. It's all moot because third round, if it, if you know, it doesn't matter where you draft them. If they become what they become, like Hufanga is all pro, like you know, whatever. Like you know, you have other guys, Kittle, other guys who have who have produced. But mm -hmm. damn, the third round's still a good place for you to find. It's much easier to find, in my opinion, guys that are ready to contribute almost immediately in the third round, and many many teams do. I mean, the Washington Commanders got Terry McLaurin in the third round. Also think about this, right? The Niners, their whole operation, they get praised for it, is third-round comp picks. You know, you, you get these coaches, you promote them, they leave, you get third-round comp picks, you're doing a great thing for the league, and you're, like, creating capital, and then you throw it away. And no one talks about it. And then this year, especially because you don't have first and seconds, thank God next year we can go back, Grant, to looking at first and second-round talent. I... I I was like watching first and round guy, first and second round guys, and I was like, man, I wish, you know. But I miss those days. Yeah, yeah, we can go back to that now, you know, unless something happens that's a, that changes all that. But in a draft where you start in a third round, and I think we talked about this like one of the last times that we spoke, it's arrogant to kick away a pick, no pun intended, on a kicker. Yeah. When you could have had an Isaiah McGuire, who's an edge guy for a team that yeah. needs rotational edge guys and and it yeah. seems like they're moving towards developing their own guys right you're kicking away these picks no pun intended again and just saying well we need and remember four years ago they could have drafted chauncey gardner johnson but they got cute traded down like five spots and drafted mitch wisnowski and tony pollard was still on the on the board like it's cool you could tell yourself like we're really good we don't have a bunch of needs and we'll just take the best specialist here okay but guarantee you're gonna be you're gonna uh end up passing on someone who's way more impactful and guarantee it war, and war of attrition happens guys yeah. get injured you all know that, that are supposed to be impact players for you all the time that's why it's important yeah. to build depth every single time that you get it not say well i need oh, we to don't have an immediate need in our starting lineup right right like it's it so yeah. just because you have all your starters set which you do and that's something yeah. that not many teams have that luxury Right. That means that now it's time to stop addressing your depth for a team that's been yeah. as oftenly injured as the San Francisco 49ers and take a kicker as high as they did. It's an arrogant pick. It's arrogant. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Chris says Juice should be tied in too. I agree. I agree. Ross Dwelly might he not should... make this team anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly. Official BNA Music 88 says Moody season stopped. By the new rules. Sorry, Jason. I'm glad they got a kicker who can kick touchbacks. Oh, wait. It doesn't matter anymore. Chris Telerico says, if Brock's QB1, you need the kicker to be able to hit a 50-yarder. Drives are going to start stalling once the D breaks out cover one. So I want to address this real quick because I did see that someone said that Seattle kind of left the blueprint and they didn't have the defense to finish it out that Dallas did in terms of like – the. So cover one, uh, man press robber, I think that's what they were saying, which, you know, if you guys know the robber concept, it's basically you have you have a guy who follows a receiver to a certain point, and then you pass that receiver off to another linebacker or safety or whatever it is, and you're able to just move and, and continue to have everybody covered. Well, I mean, I don't know. Real simply, real simply, it's like you have a free safety deep, single high, cover one, and then you have like a middle linebacker 
like in front of him playing zone and just reading the quarterback's eyes and breaking on slants left and right. And then you have everyone else man to man. So instead of having two safeties, you have a safety and a linebacker. And it's like, we don't respect you, your arm deep. We're taking away the throws over the middle, short and long. And at times, and at times, you know, what will happen is a corner, maybe an inside corner who will have a guy will play the corner and then drop off of him and move to another guy. And, and the linebackers got him because he's been in the same spot. Sure. I, don't, I don't I don't know if that's true. Like, I'm just saying what I saw. And and I'm and this is obviously what Chris is talking about. Um, I would have to look at that a little bit more. Um, I'll be honest with you. Once the, the Philly game was over, I stopped. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm completely unplugged. I haven't gone back and watched that game. Go back and watch the, the Seattle game in the first half. There were a lot of plays. Uh, Brock gets like two or three passes broken up by a linebacker who's just not covering anyone. It's man all around him. And he's keying on Brock's eyes and breaking up slants. And then, I don't know if they got away from that in the second half or the Niners just ran it up with yards after the catch or whatever, but in the next game, Dallas did the same thing. Dan Quinn used to coach for Pete Carroll, and they're a way better defense than Seattle's, and they held the Niners 19 points. That's the thing, is a team can leave a, some breadcrumbs for you, but they didn't yeah. have the the personnel nah. to get it done, right? Right. But they can leave right. breadcrumbs for you. Like, you know, Dan Quinn probably watched that film and said, oh, I see this, I see this, and we have this yeah. guy and this guy that can do that. And he yeah. knows how to coach that up a little bit better. I, and, I don't have a strong and, and Why did Seattle draft that corner with the fifth pick? Because if they're going to be playing cover one, they need someone who can actually man up against Brandon Ayuk. They didn't have that guy last year. Now they do. Witherspoon and Willen. Man, yep. I don't like So that. now they can play cover one and feel confident about it. Because t- you, you can say, yeah, just play cover one uh, against the Niners. Cover one robber. Okay, who's covering uh, Who's covering Ayuk? I want to know. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have someone, like you'll, he'll just shred you one-on-one. Yeah. Good. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah. So that's important. But if you have the personnel to get it done, and that's what I think the, the point that Chris is making is in the playoffs, you're not oh, playing teams have you're those. not playing the Carolina Panthers, no. you know. You exactly. Know, so, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bryant Culp says everyone needs to uh compete. Kickers matter. <laughs> kickers matter in the sense that all lives matter. They do. All kickers matter. Have I have you heard people call have you heard uh, people call the Draymond Green um Offense, the all lives matter off. No, no, the, the Steve Kerr motion offense, the all lives matter offense. It's like, no, we just put the ball in Steph's hands. It's the all lives matter offense. <laughs> is the third for Kyle what the seventh round is for Adam? Adam? Peters. Like, Adam Peters is the one who takes oh. over at the end of those draft. At the end I don't of know. Some people say that, that Ambry was Adam's pick. And that's in the third round. Yeah. See, that's the thing is. While we say tunnel vision, we at least know that there are certain players that Kyle covets and skill set. Like Ronnie Bell, see, this is the thing. Ronnie Bell feels like a Kyle Shanahan receiver in mm-hmm. the seventh round. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can look at other guys, right? So if Adam Peters says, that's why it's so funny. Jalen Hurd was yeah. such a Kyle pick. That's a Kyle pick. That's a Kyle Jaylen pick. Debo was a Kyle pick as well, too. That's, yep. a, that's a Kyle pick. But it's funny how people assign Bethard. picks to certain players, uh, to certain people in the, in the, in the front office. Bethard. Kyle, that's that's Kyle. round three. That's Kyle. But no, Fred Warner, Jair Brown, hard to say. Those are interesting. Those are good picks. Jair feels like Steve Wilkes had a real big hand in that. Um, and speaking with him, he said that he was adamant when he was talking with Steve Wilkes about how excited he was. Like, and okay, so I let's don't know. Be if real, let's be yeah. Let's yes. be clear. So Steve Wilkes brought in Jair Brown. Yep. Darrell Luter Jr. Isaiah Oliver. And Isaiah Oliver. That's three potential a- starters. He said the best nickel corner available was Isaiah Oliver. I, okay, so my first impression of Jai, uh, Isaiah Oliver, he's big and long. Yeah. Like, he's he he's, wears number 22. He reminds me of Carlos Rogers. Carlos Rogers was six feet as well. So he's like he looks like Carlos Rogers with twice as long the arms. Uh, his arms. Like, it's, it's crazy, his and length. The other thing that I noticed, because I had to watch him before I, I wrote anything with a strong opinion about him, the run defense like he does he is not hey. afraid to mix it up and i think that's really important i think that's a lot of what kwan williams brought yep and for sure jimmy uh jimmy ward so yep. if diamond oh, well, lenore jimmy, doesn't stick Jimmy's outside mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're gonna move diamond lenore to the slot i feel like that's oliver's spot for sure ethan m says can you see ronnie bell emerging and debo becoming a trade piece for midseason lots of talent at the wide receiver spot and i bet they'll need a pickup later i'm getting tired uh, of debo i swear man 
I nah, am. Why? But you, I, now you gotta you gotta explain this one to me. I'm getting tired of him, man. Now, if he shows up to training camp in great shape, then all good. All, I, I'm, I'm not tired of him anymore. At that point, he's one of the better players in the team. But it's like, dude, last year sucked for your standards. Like, it, it was a down year for you, and you didn't come to OTAs. You didn't even show up. Like, show everyone that you care and that you're in good shape. That's how I feel. But if he shows up for mini camp in three weeks and he's in great shape, and and then whatever. I'm just annoyed right is now. This, is this because he blocked you? Yes. 100%. <laughs> he said yes. Unblock me. <laughs> no, look, Um, I do think, look, again, the 49ers almost have $10 million left to play around with. If they are going to make a trade midseason, it's definitely going to be one of those all-in expiring deals, and it would be for one of two positions. Edge. The end. Right or tackle. offensive lineman. Yep, that's yeah. it. That is it. Right. It's either yeah. Cole McKivitz or somebody on this offensive line has a disastrous injury and you're able to find somebody who can you can plug and play and make a move for. It would be on the on either side, but it would be edge if if I was guessing. You say that knowing full well that they're going to trade for a running back. I swear to God, why would they do that? Because but running backs I mean, get look, hurt. Because on, running backs get look, hurt. But look, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel. You got three running backs right there that you could use as, as sparingly. And, and, and Was look, it last year we were like, they got Wayne Goldman. I mean, they're deep at this freaking position. Play Jordan Mason. What the hell, Thank man? You. Jordan Mason's a dog. And and That's the other true. thing is, is if Laybourne comes into camp and does what Jordan Mason did, then tight end his price is Trey Sermon, and both of those were third-round third picks. Third-round picks. <sighs> Good God. Grant. Good God. They got to <laughs> chill with this. I mean, th their whole operation is built on getting third round comp picks and then throwing them away. Oh my God. We, we, we turned Robert Sala into Jake Moody. Like really? <laughs> That's the best you could do. We turned Mike Damn. McDaniel into Ambry Can't Thomas. Uh, yeah. Like I'm just like, Oh my God, man. Oh. What are we doing? Who's the new boombox guy? Got to play the new Dirk. His that official Dirk. music 88. I don't know, man. Grant, what's up? I don't really? know. Taking applications, you would you do that? It? I, would I do it? No. Would they allow you to play mm -hmm. your music if you were allowed to be the boombox guy? Because you have a you have exquisite hip hop taste. But I do think that Debo and a lot of those guys pick those. What's the song you're coming out with? What's the song I'm coming out with? I don't know, but I feel like it should be something from the Bay. Uh -huh, I, they I'm always thinking. play something like you. Lil Baby or something. It's like, uh, no. come on, no, no, no. Again, again, it um, should be like anthemic. The Raiders, I remember at Raider games, they used to play um, uh, corny MC Hammer, but it, he used to play like Oaktown. They would play that hey, every time. It would get people views, hyped. The views of Grant Cohn on MC Hammer do not reflect mine. That man is really an OG. Like, he don't play. So he I, is I an OG. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He People, he, no, 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 no. Sorry, MC. I didn't, but it's like. People think of MC Hammer as being kind of corny. Like, no, 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 no. Opposite. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Quite the opposite. Yeah. I even, That's true. Even I know that. Even I know that. That's I'm true. not playing around yeah, don't with talk, MC Don't game. get caught talking slick about MC Hammer. He runs his town. No. He'd run it down. Hell with no. You. Remember Pumps in the Pump? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Too legit to quit, baby. <laughs> I'm the new boombox guy. All right. So, OTA stock up, stock down. It's been one practice. It was seven on seven. Mm -hmm. And what sucks about OTAs is it's just a snapshot. Like, they practiced today and we didn't get to watch. I'm mad about it. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold lit it up and we didn't get an opportunity to sing him his praises. Because when I saw him I'm in sure. person, I'm just not impressed. I'm just okay, not impressed. Just, he doesn't have any one. it factor. I know he throws a, a nice ball or whatever, but he just is painfully not confident. And he, it just it, at the podium, on the field, it just doesn't look confident at all. Can I play devil's advocate just a little bit? Just to, for please. For okay. I want it. It's like his second day. In the system, that's fair, right? You know, I mean, I, I mean, look. If I was hey, to be betting, fair, I wasn't impressed with uh, Brock Purdy at any point last offseason. I watched him every day, and I was uh, like, I uh, had oh, enough. Oh no, wait a minute! What are you what are you talking about, Grit? He lit impressed. it up all training camp. He he lit it up, and and the 49ers knew. That's why they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo and threw him on the practice squad. Like, don't let people lie to you. Like, there were days where this man Brock Purdy didn't even get on the field. He did as much as Robbie Gold. Also, in don't practice, he threw a lot of short passes. It wasn't that impressive. When Don't you throw short lie. passes in the NFL, it's like, oh, my God, it's a completion to Christian McCaffrey. Look at him go. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, it's Christian no, McCaffrey. Look, I'm not trying to belittle what he did on the field. I am trying to bust this narrative that Brock Purdy was lighting it up at training camp when there would be days that he would take two or three reps and do nothing. Yeah, He threw the first interception in training camp, the first one, and it was a bad yeah. interception. So, and, and honestly, I hate when people say, 
they knew what they had. If they knew what they had, they wouldn't have signed Jimmy Garoppolo. They would have went into the season with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And when Trey Lance went down, oh, well, we got a guy, Brock Purdy. Don't let people lie to you like the 49ers. You know when they knew what they had had with Brock Purdy? When Jimmy went down and Brock Purdy started playing well against Miami. That's when they knew what they had. They had to learn when we learned. They learned when we learned. And that's at the same time. and they understand the other things, right? Like he understands the the field. Like I'm not taking away what he did on the field. I am not. I am trying to bust this narrative that the 49ers knew that they had this uncut gem that that was sitting in the way, and they were just like, we're no, waiting didn't. to unleash him. No, they didn't. And don't let anyone lie to you. I don't also, care he's not an it. uncut gem. He's not an uncut gem. He's a young quarterback who was inserted in a great team, and he's better than Jimmy. That's what we know about him right now. Dude. That's all we know about him. And and you and I were at the I mean obviously you were on the field right but we're at the same amount mm. of practices. Once Nate Sudfeld went off the field, they went right back to Trey Lance. It's not like they were rotating Brock Purdy. Yeah, like Brock Purdy might come in one two plays, boom back. Okay, to, here, he had to get Trey Lance it, uh, here's here's what it was. So on Tuesday, Lance got 17 throws, Darnold got 15, Brandon Allen got seven. That's what it was like. Like last exactly. year. Brock Purdy was Brandon Allen. Like, so he'd get his little five, seven throws, but like it was against rookies and it was really hard to analyze him. Chris Telerico says uh, they got, they got lucky Dak dacked the right side of the other line. Brock's limitations in the schedule are going to create some long third downs. Chris, Chris is not a Brock Purdy um, believer. I just look, I'm not trying to take away what Brock Purdy did. What he did was nothing short of amazing. Considering last pick in the draft, a guy who was thrown into the fire looked like he looked like the part. Like I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that there's this narrative out there from people who were actually at training camp as well too that he was dominating and he barely even got on the field on certain days. Man, like I it's true. I don't get that part. I mean, but again, like Brandon Allen dominated quote unquote on Tuesday, seven for seven. Did anyone talk about it? Now, nope. now. If Brandon Allen like starts during the season and goes on some unprecedented run that no one sees coming, people will be like, "I saw it coming." I saw. It I said it no, at the time. It's like, no, like we're all joking about it. We're all joking about it right Dude. now. But if it happens, then we'll all there'll be revisionist history. Chris Telerico says again, should let Trey start as long as possible before they have to decide on that fifth year option. More malpractice if they don't, and he emerges elsewhere. Did you hear yeah. what Rich Eisen said? What? So Rich Eisen. Well, I got to meet at the combine and I asked him a question about, you know, like, well, is, is it trade time? And he was like, well, it's got to be now, right? Because Brock was injured. We didn't know the severity of the injury at, at the combine. Mm-hmm. And Rich Eisen said that he believes that if Brock Purdy's ready to go, then Trey Lance has to be traded because his fifth year option is so because he's a third, third you know, forget he it. He needs to play this pick. year before that fifth year option comes up, right? Yeah. Well, and you have to make a decision. He said, you trade him and let. Let someone Another else team. make that decision. Yeah, right. on that. Yeah, and he said the only way that that really happens is if there's someone who gets injured in training camp. Okay. So this is all just going to go tie right back. So they're waiting the for the Sam Bradford thing to happen. P- correct, and and when it which doesn't, never happened for Jimmy. Right, and when it yeah. doesn't, yeah, you're gonna have your three. So good thing that the 49ers can carry three quarterbacks. They'll yeah. have all three. Tony Montana, legendary candlestick memory that just popped in your mind. Out of nowhere? No, 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 because you were talking about the boombox. That's like that. That was like the big Oh, one. got it. Yeah. Like the box. That's cool. Or or like that 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 whatever song, Kodak Black. I don't want to hear that. I, I I go like out to a party and the box would come on and like I see like the Vietnam like helicopters because I just remember that 2019 Niners season and how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well that was a good show we got another practice next week there'll be more to discuss what next day? week we've really I, they haven't told me yet i'm guessing monday or tuesday see that's a lot of people are asking me like oh what are the dates that the media are going to be there i'm like i know it's one more day but nobody's been saying anything so we have no idea they're very cryptic about it. hold on we got one more uh and then we're out chris Telerico says man it's not that i'm not a brock guy it's that you can see his ceiling i agree yeah eight starts but it's not like he's throwing 60 yard bombs yeah agree He's throwing the 20-yard passes. Jimmy was. Yeah, agree. I want to see what Trey has. Yeah, agree. I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree with that. I'm sorry. No. And when um, people say, like, mean, hey, like- if Trey did what, what Brock did, you'd be really excited about that. Yeah, but that's living in this theoretical world where Brock and Trey are exactly the same size and have the same skill set, and that's not the case. Like, Brock can do – he can go on this winning streak, but, like, just like Tua. Tua was 8-0 at one point. I'm looking at Tua being like still skeptical i'm sorry it's a nice run i'm still skeptical it's still Tua. well i think it's fair to say a few things one brock purdy impressed you last year two yeah. brock purdy 
might not be that same guy going all the way forward. Three, Brock Purdy might be that guy. Four, yeah. Trey Lance yeah. might be that guy. Five, yeah. Trey Lance might not be good. We're never we're gonna get some of these questions unanswered, one way or another. Yeah. yeah, one way or another they're gonna be unanswered because I have the I have the feeling and and this is how I knew in the press conference. Does it mean anything that Trey Lance took the first team reps? What no. was the first word? I, Kyle said no. no, 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 and we will even it out. And he literally wanted uh-huh. to stomp that narrative out immediately. Immediately, uh-huh. did Trey take the first snap? Yeah, he did, but I'm interested to figure out what you guys think is the first team since there's no offensive line and we don't have our receivers. Like, he couldn't wait, uh-huh. could not wait to stomp all over that first team. So for the people that are like, well, Trey took first team, Kyle Shanahan's doing everything he can to throw water on that fire. Everything. Yeah. Well, it's because Sam Donald's the greatest thrower in franchise history. I love you, Kyle, but like, yeah. I, I'm noticing it, man. It, it's there. I yeah. got to be objective. Got to be objective. Got to. Hey. Your your biggest fans are starting to notice it, Kyle. It's time to ratchet down the rhetoric. Jason, thank you very much. Appreciate you, Grant. Uh, boys are back, man. Vissing Jay, the let's boys go, are man. Back. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back uh, when you least expect it, guys. See you. Later.